Welcome to Newsworthy with Norisworthy. Get ready for some awesome. All right, friends, welcome back to the show today. I am very honored to introduce to you from Quebec. Is that right? Yeah. Bumi Laditin. How close is I in the name pronunciation right now? It's perfect. It was perfect? Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, and Quebec, do you say it like the French version of that? Like something different? Quebec. 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 And it's, instead of Montreal, they go Montreal. 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 Yeah. I can't do that one. That's not, that's not in my wheelhouse. The French, I don't have that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I don't have that. But uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Glad you're Thank here. You. Thanks for having me. We've had... We've 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 worked through, th- through some things to get this podcast happening. We we overpowered a teenage girl, yes. uh, your daughter specifically, yes. to get the computer, and we fought through that. And now we're here right now, and yes. it's well worth it. It is. You helped me. You helped me get through that fight of getting this computer away from a, from a fourteen year old who wanted to do live Minecraft. I don't Discord Minecraft. I don't know. I don't know what they were doing, but I had to. Uh, I had to fight. I had to fight. Yeah, and you helped me. Yeah. Well, uh, I feel like it was really your victory. I was just cheering you on. So I don't want to take any of the credit for it. But uh, whatever allowed you to have the victory, we're glad you did. We're glad you're uh, here on the podcast. And uh, I'm, I'm very excited to talk to you. Uh, everyone knew you as like the honest toddler person. What is the worst thing about being known for like a, I'm not, it's, it's like a humor, satire, uh, Twitter. Like what's the worst thing that none of us thought about? So that we should know before we start a, uh, a feed like that. Oh, I know. Um, like people have a lot of anger toward their toddlers. And um, some of them took it out on me online. Like I would tweet at 11 p.m. I would just say like still awake. And I would have people like swear at me like go to, mm, to sleep. Like what are you doing? <laughs> What's wrong with you? And they were really, I feel like working something out, <laughs> you know, with their own kids. And I feel like I did a service because I took some of that heat. Wow. In some ways, you were the sacrificial lamb for toddlers. Yes. Yes. I, My ministry. I, honestly, I don't feel like it's, I don't think it's good to like curse at people on Twitter. <laughs> but if the alternative is to curse at your toddler, then I would say that's, uh, it's not good, but it's progress. It's better. It is progress. Significant. I think it's significant progress. I can take it. You know, two year old probably couldn't. So I'm glad to like step no. in there. Yeah. I, like, I've never tried it out on my kids when they were two, uh, but I would assume they wouldn't like that. I, I so don't think they would. Yeah. So you uh, you were known for that, but you've written in a bunch of different genres. Yes. And so you've you've written fiction, you've uh, nonfiction, which is the book we're going to talk about today. Uh, nonfiction, poetry, prayers? Yes. What, what is the genre? Anyway, so you've written a lot of different things. Yes. Uh, as you approach different types of writing, do you feel like you need a different mojo for each one? Yes, you do kind of. And I, I always write from where I am because I don't have the ability to do anything but what I feel in the moment. <laughs> I, I wish I could. Like people sometimes say, oh, how are you so honest? I don't have those filters people are born with. And I wish I did. That would be very useful. Would have helped me in life and in work. Um, so when I'm writing, I'm just writing whatever I feel like at the time. And sometimes it's fiction and sometimes it's poetry. <laughs> I don't have a plan is what I'm trying to say. I I fully respect that. You just you just do what you need to do in that moment. Yes. You have to be fully present to where you are, to the emotions, the feeling, to the energy you have. And what is created, like that's secondary. All you're doing right now is being faithful to the muse that has shown up inside of you. Yes, let's do exactly. that. Exactly. You put that beautifully. 
Exactly. Exactly. That's what you got to do because how else do you get through a book? It's not easy to write a book. So you you no. need that 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 realness of what's going on to write it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that when you're writing, so like you're writing satire, obviously yes. that the Twitter feed was that, uh, you're writing like poetry and you're writing fiction. In some ways, do you think it's uh, like it's enabling you to like be different facets of who you are in different different spaces, but it's all you, but like it's just different uh, like angles of who you are? Yes, um, very much so. I, I When I first started like, Honest Toddler and writing, I love being anonymous. I, if I could be anonymous and invisible all the time, that would be like my favorite superpower ever. Why is that? Oh, I'd spy on everybody. I, you know, I wouldn't feel like (laughs) (laughs) I'd be all up in everyone's business and I would just be able to like not, you know, I wouldn't have any like kind of like pressure. I'm, I don't know if I'm reclusive or yes, I am reclusive, but I just, (laughs) I would love that. And if people are judging, what, what can they judge? They, they can't even see me. I, what am I? I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm wind. I'm nothing, you know? And yeah. I, I would just be able, and so I like doing that. And so that's why I wrote his characters. Even my first few books were kind of writing as characters. Even my fiction book was writing as a, writing a character. Um, but later, like with my poetry, I'm writing more as myself, which is harder because it's more vulnerable, but again, mm-hmm. got to stay true to that, to, to, to your, to your writing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it is very vulnerable. That, and, and I want to read some of the, the, the uh, poetry that's included in the book. Uh, it's beautiful. But like you said, it is it's very vulnerable. And <laughs> if you're just like telling a character story like that's part of you, that that is you. But it, it's there's some layers behind. Yes. That character to get to you. There's not layers in this poetry to get no. to you. No, it was, it was kind of hard. Even when, um, my editor sent me my publisher, they like sent me the final draft. They're like, okay, so read this over. Um, let us know. I did not read it because I knew if I read it, I would say like, no, no, there's no way I'm putting this out there. I was just like, yeah, really? I was like, it looks great. It looks fantastic. Yeah. You really didn't read the final draft of it. No, I didn't. Re- I didn't read any of the drafts. I read. Well, no, really? I, re- I read like the first one, the the one where they they wanted to change some punctuation stuff. So that I read, but after that, I, I, I don't read. No, because because I know I, I'll, I'll, it'll be too hard. It'll be too hard. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, I fully respect that. <laughs> it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. But part like so, I'm a pastor, and yes. like part of what That's church so looks cool. like these days is, uh, yeah. Okay, I'll take that. Thanks. That's cool. Like, for example, last night I recorded our Ash Wednesday service. Now, it, you you might know this, but it wasn't Ash Wednesday yesterday. Like, it was a couple weeks uh, out of turn, but we had to record it online because social distancing and the responsible thing for us to do was this decision for that service. Yes. And, like, I, I, I was fully in what I was doing. Like, I fully invested in it. But I don't want to watch it. Like, no. I don't want to see what I said. I, I, no. No, I don't want to watch it. No. No, thanks. Never. Never. I don't even watch when I do like anything. Why would I want to see myself talk? It's so awkward. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't think that my soul is used to being in a body. Actually, I think you know because we we weren't we're not like the bodies aren't us. You know, <laughs> like we're like souls. We're floaty, and I think people have different levels of comfort with the whole like being a physical human being. And my physical level is very low. So I already know the answer to this question, but you were on uh, was like Good Morning America or whatever. Hope? Yeah, what is the name? Today, it's like today. Jenna and Jenna today, and Hold whatever. On today. Yes. Yeah, you didn't you didn't watch that, did you? <laughs> no. No way. No way. Never. You went back and watch that. Yeah. Ever. I would. Mm-hmm. I would just die from a secondhand embarrassment. I would expire. I would expire. I can't even watch it as I'm doing it. Looking at myself, no. I'm like, oh my gosh, and I'm trying to focus. I'm thinking a lot of people can see you. 
don't do anything weird. Don't like lick your teeth, you know. Don't do anything weird. Don't you know? lick your teeth. Well, you know how somebody's going to like lick your teeth, like just like the front, like you got to like just do that. You can't do that. Yeah. You'll become a meme in like two seconds. You yeah, I'm going to put my microphone right now. I'm doing it, but you can't see it because <laughs> I've got the microphone in front of it. Okay. One of the things I, I went back and I watched that. Uh, and one of the oh, things man. I really respected your bookshelf game. Hey, oh, you had a yes. nice bookshelf and you had uh, Tom Wright's book on Paul as a prominent oh. placement right behind you. And I was like, you got Tom's book up there. I like you. Much respect. I didn't, need, on I didn't the, need to. <laughs> is it, your, it was your book though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Those were all my books. Okay. I like reading a lot. <laughs> yeah, I can tell. What are, you, what's, what are the favorite things you've read in the last year? Oh my gosh. This is going to be embarrassing because I have this thing. I really like Christian fiction books. Like I oh tell okay, me more. Okay. No, no, I have an impressive book. Never mind. I don't have to talk about that. Haha. No, you gotta give me no. one of those. Give me one of those. <laughs> okay, fine. I really like Connellyn Cossette. I love her books. Um Tessa Afshar too. Okay, but my favorite is Francine Rivers. They all write kind of like Christian <laughs> like Christian fiction books. Mm-hmm. And I love them. And I love Connellyn Cossette because she writes about like the the ancient Israelites and she writes about, you know, okay, yeah. this one like Egyptian and how her life was. And I love it, love it, love it. It's so inspired. I know it is. And then also, mm-hmm. I really like this book by, um, this is my impressive one to impress you and everyone listening. Okay. Okay. Um, Brother Andrew, he wrote God Smuggler. And it's like this guy, he takes these Bibles and he goes to all these places where they don't have Bibles. It's crazy. Uh-huh. He's such a gangster because he like, like he hides them in his, his, his car and he hides them and he goes into like, when it was the former Soviet Union. I don't know, all these places where they could like shoot you. And there's like, this church in this village on this mountain of 20 people and they don't have a Bible and they're not allowed to. And then he gives them one teeny New Testament and they're like weeping with joy. It's like, oh hmm. my gosh. I We have access to hundreds of apps. I think I have two Bibles. My kids each have one. And there are these people yeah. who don't have any. But I love Christian third- fiction. And people are, are dying to get those. So you I like know. Christian fiction? Yes. Yeah. Oh, huh. a lot. Okay. Very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be real honest. I've never read any Christian fiction. It's the best. I, uh, I you know, I mean, no, it kind of hurts a little bit. I mean, I've I've written Christian nonfiction, and I feel like the way you just like <laughs> cast that aside was a little painful. <laughs> like you could have said it's really good. Uh, not that others aren't good, but uh, that's fine. Just go ahead. I've never, I've church. never written Christian fiction either. I couldn't do it. Mine would be so bad. But wait, you can you you've written fiction though. I don't know how to. Write and you've Christian written fiction. Christian. I didn't know you write. I can't do but, it. It just mix them together. Just It'd be bad. take your fiction and and make them Christian. I so. can't do it. People would be like blasphemy, blasphemy. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. Well, did they? Did they say? Have they said blasphemy about this? Well, they haven't, and I wouldn't care because this is really me. As long as it's really like what I feel like I'm supposed to be doing, then I don't care. Yeah. What I yeah, I feel like in your your book you reference like something about being blasphemous in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like too profane or something like that. So, yes, uh, it's true. But it's true. So you called yourself that is what I'm saying. Like it's not other people. Yes. You you said that about yourself because sometimes when I pray, well, not sometimes, always when I pray, you know, or when I when I talk to God and stuff, I sometimes I feel like, are we being too casual? Like, am I being too casual? And like the way that I argue hmm. and stuff, yeah. But he's used to it. And plus, you know what I always tell him? I'm like, you made me. Like, I don't. I'm not trying to be rude, but you made me like this. I would this never. Is problem. I never yeah. would have made myself like this. I would have made myself so responsible. I would have taken out mm-hmm. a little bit of the ADHD, and I would have put in a little bit of the the responsibility, you know, I would have put that in. Mm-hmm. I would have done things way different. 
So yeah. how can you get mad when you made the person like that? You know? Okay. I, I like know. that you're uh, putting the blame on God. Like I think I that's a pretty, pretty legit move. Uh, <laughs> is it okay. blame or is it responsibility? Because I did not make myself like this. I didn't. And I'm trying. Mm. I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I didn't write the book that we're talking about. So it's, it, you're the expert here. Uh, <laughs> not, not me. Uh, so like for some backstory. Uh, yes. You grew up in a home. Yes. Uh, Christ, Christian home. Didn't yes. really connect to it. No. Uh, started dating though. a guy. Pretended. Okay? Yeah. You dated a guy who was Jewish. Yeah. There was no compulsion by him. Uh, guy becomes your husband. Yeah. But no compulsion by him to join. But you wanted your family to have the same religion. Right. Convert to Judaism. Yes. And in that, there's like some of what you already knew in Christianity yeah. came alive in this version of Judaism. Right. So that's kind of yes. like the background for your yeah. career and life. I was living, you know, life of a, a Jewish wife and mother and you know, at one point we were going to move, we were deciding where we were going to move. And like, we were going to this Orthodox school, this Orthodox synagogue. And like, um, I loved it. I loved the Orthodox life so much because. Would you love, get, give oh, me three things you liked about it. Uh, Shabbat. Give me three highlights. Number one, okay. Shabbat is like, everything is just done. Like, it's not like Israel where everything shuts down because the world still is going on, you know? But yeah. it's just like, you walk to synagogue because everyone lives within the, called like in a roof. It's one like territory kind of where you're, you're allowed to carry things. And if the roof is up or down, it's like, it's kind of like um, saying that it's the whole area. That part is like the Jewish area is like one home, one dwelling. Cause you're allowed to yeah. carry stuff. And it just like, it, it, there's this peace that descends. Even now, Shabbat, there's just like peace from Friday night to Saturday night and after synagogue going to the rabbi's house and eating a meal there. And he talks to everyone, meets with people privately in his office, talk about their problems, you know? And I don't know if he's getting much rest, but it's just so I say, cozy. Very restful to him. Yeah, I don't that, think it's that restful, restful for the rabbi or his wife, really like for the rabbits. No. I don't think it's cause she's feeding everybody, you know, she's not cooking because yeah. you don't cook on, Sh- on Shabbat, but you know? But she's cooked the day before to get ready. Yeah, exactly. So she's giving the people the cholent, the stew, hala, um, like meats, cold mm-hmm. meats, you know, things like that. I love that. Um, oh my god, goodness! I love holidays, of course. I love mm-hmm. like I love learning Hebrew. I'm not like fluent or anything like that, but I love like studying Hebrew. And yeah, I, I took a year Hebrew. I didn't love it. Didn't love it at all. <laughs> so uh, okay, uh, I like Shabbat. I'm with you on that Hebrew. Great. Okay. <laughs> Okay, uh, and then holidays. So those holidays. are three pretty good ones. Yes, yes. I love, I love Rosh Hashanah. Your... Uh, I love Rosh Hashanah. Okay. I love like, New Year. Um, what else do I love? I love. I like Shavuot because we eat dairy. I still don't know why we eat dairy, but we do. Hmm. You know, yeah. and stuff. I love all the holidays because they're all they all have different food. Except Yom Kippur, we have a fast, but then you get to break the fast. Yeah. So I like food. No, That's what I'm trying to say. It sounds like you just like eating. Um, <laughs> yeah. Any religion that gives you copious amounts of food, it sounds like you would convert I will, to. I will join. Uh, I will, please have me. <laughs> I heard you say that, uh, so you did this like, uh, it's almost like a, a religious pilgrimage. Like you tried different uh, religious faiths. And yes. you said, I've heard you say that like one of the common threads in other religion is uh, is the word acknowledging. Hmm. Is that right? Did you say that? Did I say, like, I, 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 feel like I say I, that? I feel like you did. Maybe. Uh, okay, let me ask you the question then. D- when you looked at other religions and you tried different ones, yes. obviously Christianity is where you grew up, yes. uh, Judaism is where you kind of uh, parked, um, yes. but in the others, did you see a common thread in other ones? Um, I The common thread would always be kind of leaving some of, I don't know, this might sound weird, but like submission to God. 
I think, because like in Judaism, there is this submission, you know, we say the Shema, hero Israel, the Lord, your God, the Lord is one, you know, and then it tells you kind of the things you should do. Like you should talk about this to your children. You should need to do this. You need to do this. And it's kind of like acknowledging that God's at the top. God, God is, God defines you, not the other way around. Mm. And I like that. Yeah. I really do because I, I feel like it's true. I feel like when we start to define ourselves, things get really messy really quickly. Um, yeah. You know, how, how does the idea of, yeah, how does the idea of God defining you uh, help keep that. things the opposite of messy? Like how does it, how does that ground you? It's the most important thing in my life because hmm. <laughs> me looking at myself, you know, I can't even, I can't even read my own words. I can't even, I have problems like just existing and I'm, I'm very quick to kind of believe the voices are, you're not doing this well enough. You're not doing this, yeah. you know, good enough. You're, you're messing this up. And then God says, you're mine. Like the master of the universe who made the stars and made all these different kinds of flowers and like perfected like our bodies are so insanely fragile, you know, like this thing goes off a bit dead. This thing goes off a bit dead, you know, and like he, he did all that. And then he dead. says, like, yeah. he, he says, you're mine and I love you. You're my child. Yeah. That's, that's insane. That's great. It's awesome. That's, yeah, that's 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 really good. Uh, okay, so you've said that you felt rejected by Christians growing up, and yeah. to hear you describe God as almost like the antithesis of that, like God is, yeah. I fully know you that just a little bit, and you're dead as you. I, like I can't <laughs> say it as well as you, um, but God knows everything about you and fully accepts you, uh, yes. and God's for you. Uh, the religious community you grew up in rejected you. Uh, it, was it hard to get there with God when your first like religious community basically did the exact opposite of what God is supposed well, to be? Yes. And looking back on it, I always felt rejected by Christians, but even I, I did this little stint at a Christian at a Christian college because I got a, a violin scholarship. You said stint like you're in prison. Like I did a stint. Yeah, I was, <laughs> oh, well, I was upstate, you know. <laughs> did a stint upstate. It was a good school though. And, but the thing is, when you have this idea of religious people, you'll see it everywhere. Because I had an idea. Because even my church growing up, there were good people there. There were tons of good people. But yeah. when you, when I think, and I think it originated in my home where I got kind of a harsh view of maybe because my parents were very, or struggling so much. My, my first generation immigrants, my dad was struggling so much to provide. Yeah. And when you can't provide, I think with men, I'm starting to learn when men are having problems providing that they, they really have a hard time with that. They struggle, they get angry and depressed. And so he had, he had that going on. And, so mm. I got this kind of negative view of, of what religion meant. It wasn't because Christians were so bad. It's because humans were human. And plus I had, I had a yeah. bias and I wanted to see that because that was my excuse. Also looking back is like, what is, you said that you had a bias. Tell I had me about a bias. The bias. Oh, I, I thought that Christians you, were Why better. did you want to see that? I, I think, I think because if I had, if I could reject Christianity, I could reject God. And then if I could mm. reject God, that means I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not, uh, what is the word? I, I don't have to, I'm not accountable to anybody and I can make, I can decide everything, you know? So it almost becomes yeah. just like, well, see, they're doing this wrong. They couldn't possibly be religious. And so God couldn't possibly be real. Therefore I am free. You know, I can do yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. And I, I that, 
uh, I think that's a, a common thing that many of us have. It's, uh, you know, I think about like, you know, the college student who has a desire for a certain sexual ethic, which they realize is not consistent with God's picture for a sexual ethic. So they go, mm, God's not real. And it's yeah. not that God's not real. It's that, like they want to have autonomy over that facet of their life. So let's just get rid of God and exactly. then I can do whatever I want. Exactly. Or you build a new God. You just build a new one that says this, this, and this. You yeah. know, we, we always yeah, yeah. want to make our own rules, just like we're kids. Your father, you know, our kids, they want to be in charge. <laughs> and we're no yes. different. We yes. want to be in charge, but we're not. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is very true. That is very true. Okay. I, uh, can I read some sections from your book? I know you're going to hate to hear your own writing. <laughs> it's okay. But it's, it's a book of poetry, and I can't just be like, here's your point, and let's talk about the argument you make. Because it's, you, you, like, it's poetry. You can't. You can't do that. Um, but this is just, there, I'm not going to say that it was the most beautiful. It was beautiful. There's so much beauty in this oh, book. thank you. Um, okay, this is going to take, give me a second. Okay. Uh, Dear God. And so the book is set up, These Prayers to God, which is kind of like the title. Um, he, here it is. Um, Dear God, I was making a list of things I know for sure. But when I went to write, God loves me, I couldn't. It felt like a lie. I believe you love me, but I don't know it. I I think you do. Your book says you do, but I guess in the back of my mind, I see you as a giant Zeus, a a despot in the sky. You knew Eve would eat the fruit. You created the tree. You allowed the Holocaust. Have you heard the phrase, with friends like you who needs enemies? I suppose that's why I find trusting you so hard. Jewish families in 1941 trusted you. That's, I mean, that's pretty, the the final line is, what's love got to do with us? Like that, uh, I feel like you express in such a beautiful, like confessional, honest way, how many have felt like this is ultimately a letter, a, a piece of poetry about the problem of evil, and yes, whether it's it's the Holocaust that um, obviously someone who's connected to the Jewish community uh, has experienced in a very real way, or yes. it's you know the loss of the person you love or whoever, uh, like ultimately, like there's just a question of if there's love, how come there's not. Yeah. Loving experiences. Yes. And I wrote this book as I was, as I was learning everything I write in there is exactly like where I was, even when he, he was teaching me as I wrote like about forgiveness and all of that. And in that place, I still, I, when I was writing that, I didn't understand that yet. I didn't, because as I would write, he would also answer my prayers and he would tell me about what his plan was and how he, and how free will. I learned about that. Yeah. We have a choice. He didn't create robots. And we choose wrong. We choose wrong. And people yeah. have chosen wrong. And that doesn't mean that he's not good. And that doesn't mean that he's not God. And it doesn't mean that he doesn't love us. And it, but it's still yeah. scary for me. You know, it's still, sometimes I, you know, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm on, I'm on this ride with him. You know, I know we, I, I, I love him. I know he loves me now, but I'm on this ride with him where so many things can happen at any time. Yeah. And I always think, okay, when something going to happen that, that's going to test, not whether I, I believe in him, because I already do. But if I'm going to get mad at him and reject him and, you know, hmm. and so, yeah, it's just, it's a relationship. It's such a real relationship. Yeah. And relationships are always going to have questions and relationships yes. are going to have moments when there's more strife and moments when there's more yeah. celebration. And like, that's part yes. of a real relationship. And when you, when you have to deal with some of the very uh, atrocious parts of the human experience, yeah, I feel like the only natural response is to say, "God, what what is going on here?" And I think that's one of the strengths that the Jewish witness of 
engagement with God looks like, where there is more honest dialogue and, and God, how could you do this? And the sort of like, God, where are you sort of language that we get in the, the Jewish poetry of the Psalms? Yeah. Oh man. Because I still, you know, I, I read, um, before I converted, I, I read a lot of Ellie Wiesel and I read night and mm-hmm. I read, don't read it. It's it, well, I mean, read it, but don't read it. It's called a trial of God by Ellie Wiesel. Mm-hmm. It'll mess you up. It will mess yeah. you up because it's about the pogroms, you know, when they would go in and just like desecrate Jewish villages and cities and do terrible things to the people. And it's called a trial of God. And I'm just like, how did Jewish people come out of that? And I know some of them did come out not believing in God anymore. Well, it was too painful for them. But yeah. a lot of them came out and then they went back into Orthodox communities and they're saying the Shema, you know, and they're worshiping and saying Psalms on, on Shabbat. And, and, and I'm just like, but how? After you saw what happened, it's just... Yeah. It's so beautiful and it's so hard, but it's so beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've uh, had the amazing honor of celebrating Shabbat in Israel, uh, in Jerusalem with a family who's, you know, not too far removed from obviously their uh, family members experiencing mm-hmm. the Holocaust. And uh, it's really humbling. And yeah. during that time, a couple of days before, was able to go to Yad Vashem and see mm-hmm. uh, the museum to uh, the Holocaust. And it makes you just stop and it just makes you go, I, I I don't understand all of this. I understand that I'm told God is good and I've seen God's goodness in my life, but right here, it's just, it, it's, it's uh, the, uh, I think it's the line in night from Elie Wiesel where mm. uh, they're walking uh, towards maybe like a gallow or something like that. Yes. And someone says, you know, where's your God now? Mm, and yeah. Wiesel's response is, you know, God is on the gallows. But the question goes like, where is God in the middle of this? And I think if yeah. you're not able to have the relationship to have that sort of like honest question when adversity happens, the relationship's going to stop if you can't ask the question. Right. And he can take it. The thing about it, you know, it's God can take all of it. He, he's not going to say, oh, you know, like, don't bring your sadness here. Don't bring your hurt here. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how any other way to, if we, if we can't ask him these things, then, then where's the relationship? You know, I just bring it all to him. Even when I'm having a hard time in life, just in 2021, I'm like, I need help with this. Like, I need you, I need you to, I need you to do this and this. And he speaks like through his word and and everything. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Yeah. Ask the question. God is there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's do a downshift here. Okay. From from (laughs) Holocaust to, uh, you have this beautiful one about, uh, your neighbors. Oh. Where you have one neighbor who's mad about the other neighbor, yeah. and so you go shovel the driveway, and one neighbor's not mad about the other, and you go and shovel both of the neighbors' driveway, and then you end the piece saying, "To be honest, I don't like either of the neighbors," <laughs> which is just perfect. Uh, it's just perfect. So, like, you can go from uh, the problem of evil to going, "Yeah, my neighbors suck; they're bad." You know, I, I like. I just learned so much about God through just daily life. He's always teaching and he's always talking. And, and just when I'm going through different things, I'm talking to him too. And it's like, you know, like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? Okay, I'll do this. I know you want me to do this. I don't want to do it. I don't like any, I don't like these people. I'll do it. You want me to. And just, yeah. just doing life with him is, is fun. It's all, it's hmm. like half of the time. It's fun. <laughs> the other half is half hard and he's like telling me to grow up, but you know, we're like, we'll just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The the nomenclature you just use, doing life with God. Yeah. 
So is that is that how you describe your like religious experience at this point? It's yes, it's yeah. doing life with God. Yes, definitely. It, I I need Him every second of every day. Every <laughs> like I don't even know how. I, well, I know how I got through it without Him. Barely, like struggling. Like, <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I need Him all the time, and I always want to hear what He thinks about it. This morning, you know, this morning I was praying, and I, I was because I'm going through like this thing with this person. I was asking him, I was like, I need your help, you know. And I felt Him say, you know, this is like that little whisper that He does sometimes, where it's like, yeah, 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 so quiet, but like you could pretend you didn't hear, but he knows you did, you know, it's quiet, but it's loud in this weird way. And he said, uh, I have equipped you. And he was talking about it. And I was so offended because I wanted him to say like, I will handle it. You know, I'm here with you. I got it. I want Mm -hmm. him to put me in the baby Bjorn facing in. I don't even want to be a baby facing out. I don't Uh, want to see anything. No, I want to be facing in, facing in and turn me around, put a blanket over my head. And like, we go up the mountain with you walking. Yep. And me just bouncing along like baby head, you know, happily. And he said, I have equipped you. And I know he meant that. We've been through enough at this point. You know what to do here. You know, I've given you the tools. Mm. And I just sulked for like the whole morning. And I'm just like, <laughs> and then I thought about it, you know, and everything is like that. I, I don't hesitate to bring things to him. I want his help, his input, because I've been so far removed. I've been so far on the other side. And I know what that's like. I know how confusing it is. I know how much destruction you can bring on yourself and everyone around you doing things without him. And plus, he's super smart. You know, God is like super smart. His resume is pretty impressive. Yeah, I don't know if you know this. A lot of of facts. He has a lot of knowledge, you know. Yeah, yeah. That'll like create the universe, sustain it. Yeah. All that stuff's pretty good. Very smart. uh, Yeah, big shout out. Big shout out to God. When you talk about here... (laughs) <laughs> when you talk about um, hearing God say, like, I have equipped you for this. Yes. And you want God to say, hey, baby born time. Yeah. Nuzzle up in here. Let's go. Um, yes. How are you processing, like, hey, this is this is God speaking to me? How have you learned to go, this is the voice of God, not just, like, yeah. indigestion or not just right. <laughs> whatever I saw on Twitter, you know? Yeah. Well, my first clue is always stuff I don't want to hear, you know? It's usually, mm, like... <laughs> Yep. That's one clue. It's stuff that I wouldn't even think of. I would never think I've equipped you for this. Because first of all, like I said, I am baby. I am a baby. And I, I would like to be very much treated like a baby with God. I want to be like on his lap. And I feel like I'm in a stage with him where he's like, no, you can walk. And I'm saying, no, I can't. I am mm-hmm. six months old. Okay. I'm six months old. This is bullying. That's how I feel. And um, so another way is, uh, well, mostly he speaks to me through his word. Um, but when those little like yeah. he just has like a channel if i'm a radio it's like he has kind of a channel that no nothing else uses it's not my ears it's not really my head it's it's like this like whisper of a thing and it's only been i can only count on like maybe like one hand the amount of times where i've heard that and mm-hmm. i i know yeah because it's always stuff i'm like hey hey hey, whoa <laughs> i love you yeah. i respect you but <laughs> no i don't That's want to <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that sounds about right. It's typically God asking you to go where you don't want to go. Yeah. And, uh, that's, yeah, that's about right. Okay. Can I read you another section from your book? That, sure. um, I, like I'm, I know, like, I don't want to hear myself, but you know what? We're going to do it anyway. Cause my, the, the listeners haven't read the book. So they, they I know, I know. I don't mind cause I'm not um, reading it. Okay, good. And I'm going to do my, I, like, I don't have a voice that I can do. That sounds like uh French Canadian slash Nigerian slash wait, wait. like, <laughs> like not a dude like right. i can't do any of those right okay. um here it is um dear god 
I don't blame you for any of this. I see how I created my life and set myself up for failure. It wasn't intentional. It's because I believe I could do something I've always known deep down I couldn't. I've always known there was something wrong with me, but thought I could put on a cloak of normalcy and pass. Pass, I did not. It's almost funny. The most painful part isn't feeling separated from other people, but being separated from you. And of course, you end the section with, anyway, hope you're well. We should write back. <laughs> you can't stay there the whole time, because I couldn't do that. But did, can you explain the process of getting to the place where you go, um, like, I don't blame you for this. Because I'm really good at blaming other people. It's one of like, my superpowers. Like, Me I can too. blame a lot of people for a lot of things. <laughs> How did you get to the point where you go, God, I don't blame you for the way that I've set myself up for failure? Oh, man. I think he shows us. I, mm-hmm. It gets to a point where, especially when he brings you out of something, he, when, he, when he brings you out of this pit and then sets you in a better place maybe not a perfect place but let's say you were in like a dungeon with rats and then he sets you in like a one-bedroom apartment you know on like maybe not the best side of town something like that right and then yeah. when, when he starts to heal these parts of you that are too painful to look at because i think that's why we blame it's because it's so painful to think oh i did this i did this yeah. you know it's so painful to do that but when he starts to heal you um then you can kind of look you can kind of look mm. more and more. Um, and there's some things he's still working on with me. He's all, oh, of course, there's mi- millions yeah. of things he's still working on. But <clears throat> I've noticed that as he heals each kind of like layer and part separately, I'm thankful he doesn't try to do it all at once. I'd probably just die right on the table, you know, I'd like, yeah. I'd like, eh, you know, but like, yeah. you know, <laughs> we would. And so he does one little piece at a time. And then once he, he shows you that this, this, terrible ugly thing in your life that you kind of made that recipe but but he's taking he takes it from you so you know it's also not yours it's also not like who you are but yeah you did it i i think then you can look at it It, it's him yeah it's it's definitely him when i hear you talk about god it's not like god is like some idea out there in the sky. It's not like some like ethereal, like, you know, sitting on a cloud with angels around and like playing a harp kind of thing. It's like God is this very real, like person that's right next to you. Oh, he is. He's my Abba. You know, Abba, you know, I know, you know, like Abba is not just father. It's like daddy. It's like dad. He's, he's mm-hmm. my like everything. He is right here. I know he is. I know he's watching. I felt his presence so strongly. Um, more than once where he's where he's like just helped me and healed me and we've gone through so much together even before i knew we were going through it together i feel bad about that the times when i like i like because imagine that you're in a car with someone and they think that they're driving but then you're driving and then they get mad mm-hmm. because the car goes off the road but i don't know like so he's been driving and i've like had a wheel too and i've just been like pulling it in the wrong direction and i'm like oh my gosh like ah but it's actually me so i don't know how he takes it Honestly, because he, he, our, our kind of love, if, if you were in 2020 and this were a relationship, people would call, people would say that like we were toxic and that he needs to cut us off. They'd, they'd be like, God, like, you don't, this isn't healthy. These people are treating you so bad. They would, we would be abusers. We would like, because we go off and we try other things and then we come back we're like, oh, that didn't work. So I guess I'll, you know, I guess I'll come home, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he's so yeah. happy to see us. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. 
No, that, I feel like that's what the prophet Hosea was trying to tell us when yes. uh, he prophetically like does this prophetic act where he marries a prostitute who keeps yes. like, going back to prostitution. And uh, he's like, this is what God is, is uh, experiencing when you're in a relationship with him. So yeah, you say toxic. Uh, <laughs> you know, Hosea might use some stronger language, I guess, which uh, I'll, I'll let the, the readers go back and see what the Bible's calling them. But yeah. uh, you know, whatever. He, he loves toxic. us despite... All of these things we do. I mean, it's like with our kids, you know, but even we have limits with our kids. By, by, my kids go to bed really early, like 7, 38, because I'm mm. not, I can't do nighttime parenting. I know some people have their kids stay up to like 10 p.m. <laughs> I, my love runs out. It runs it out at 7, yep. 45. I'm a different person. Yep. I don't mm-hmm. talk the same. I don't hug this. I don't even think I, I, I can't. If I have to, if there's a nightmare, I God will give me that strength for that moment. But me as a person, I'm meant to peace out at around 7.30, 7.45, you know? But yeah. God is just up all the time, neither slumbers nor sleeps. That's what the psalm says. And he's just yep. up all the time, 24-7, you know, single parent, just, you know. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know if he's a single parent. Sorry, God. God. single <laughs> that parent. That was weird. <laughs> you know? I mean, I, I, like, I don't know how to argue with that. I don't know if that's... I've never thought through that. It seems that uh, he has Jesus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's his son. Kind of son. Yeah, He's perfect spirit. He yeah, has a Holy I mean, Spirit. Perfect son. Yeah, so that's like a a sidekick, I guess. Yeah. But I wouldn't say like a a spouse. Does he but... have friends? I always wonder. I asked him. I never got an answer. If he has like friends, not on his level, because he says he's the only God. So, but does he have like confidants? Maybe the angel. Maybe like Archangel Michael. You know, he seems pretty up there. He has. Yeah, that's who I'd go with. Yeah. I mean, if you had to pick someone to be your close friend, an angel is obviously the right choice. Yeah, it's true. It's true. But I mean, I don't the other know. option is the bad guy so uh I, how does he even deal yeah. with that on a daily basis i don't know how god deals with yeah. all the things he deals with if it were me i just would have like canceled everything and just sat in a room i would yeah. sat in a room yeah. i would just sit in a room and have like i would just make a version of netflix i would make a blanket i wouldn't do any of this but he just yeah. is so creative yeah. and so loving deals with all of it yeah i mean i can't even deal with my worship pastor and uh, <laughs> but he i <laughs> just kidding right? uh yeah <laughs> okay, so I love this. So, uh, when uh, when your publisher sent me over the stuff about your book, like the story is, uh, you know, girl who grows up goes through adversity. Uh, she's homeless for a while, goes through a divorce, and like this is her like ex- spiritual experience. Yeah. Uh, like I feel like that's like a good CV to go. Like, okay, homeless, how many days? Yes, yeah. okay, that helps. A divorce, that's good. <laughs> uh, multiple different religious experiences, that's yeah. good. Like all the adversity. <laughs> As I'm really like, okay, that makes you credible. Like, but like, I'm like, that sounds terrible, much. but like, it's, it's real. It's real, though. Yeah, but, like, you know I think what? adversity. Oh, yeah, like it, it, it makes you in, in a good way because yeah. it strips you of everything, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm a very hard-headed person. Like, I'm supremely hard. I have to learn the hard way. I it's the only way I learn. You know, people tell me about things. Okay, that's hot. Okay, but what does hot mean? What does fire mean? You know, I touch it, you know. I'm just like a dummy. <laughs> like, <laughs> mm-hmm. And I, you know, going through all these things, it, it kind of brought me in a lot of quiet places because hmm. God's not going to compete with noise. I, I've noticed that about, well, with me anyway, he, he doesn't like to compete with noise. He'll wait. 
he will wait till things get quiet, even in my prayer life. Because when I when I pray at night, my last prayer of the day, when I'm super tired, you know, I'm just doing my tired prayer, like walking over my kids, like don't let them die in their sleep, like you know, and I fall asleep. And then yeah. I'll wake up at 3 a.m. And I know he wakes me up to pray. And I always get mad. I'm like, but God, you know, I don't even have anything to say. Like I said it all before. And then in 20 minutes, I'm like cry praying. I'm like, but the situation, you know, and then I fall back asleep because he's not going to complete compete with, you know, my YouTube scrolling. You know, he's like, I'm here. Like when you're, when you're ready, I'm here. And I think adversity does that because we have so much going on in life. So many, like even good things can, can get in the way. But when things start to get hard and it starts to get dark and it starts to get quiet when people leave, he's there and we'll talk to him. Hmm. Yeah. There's so much in scripture about silence and solitude being the place where we meet God. Oh yeah. And so like adversity is almost like a a forced silence and solitude. It's a desert. Yeah. It makes you step. I mean, there's a reason that Jesus, you know, starts off his ministry by going out into the desert. Now, of course it was kind of rude of the devil to show up, but nevertheless. So rude. Yeah. Kind of inconvenient, but that's the point. It's like, it's, it's a forced silence and solitude and that's where we meet God. Yes. Yes. Hmm. And so when we have these disciplines of silence and solitude, it's almost like, this is kind of weird to say, but it's almost like forced adversity yes. in small doses that are, that's very manageable. Unlike, yes. you know, being homeless, living in a car. I feel like that's a little bit more painful than sitting <laughs> yeah. in silence for 15 minutes. Like, no offense. I've never done it. I'm just, no, just no. kind of projecting no. here. But it's true. Even fasting, you know, like it, life can afflict you and you can meet God. You can afflict yourself and get closer to God. Like, it's it's so so true. I'm not the person I I I have so hard time with like forced disciplines and, and even when I fast, like one day I feel well. No, he helps me. He helps me. Like the few times I fast, hmm. he, he has helped me because I could never do that on my own. Just just the yeah, idea. We, of, oh, it's so hard. You've already established that the main thing you like about a religion is that it has food in it. So yeah, I, exactly. Like, we, we we get that. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, helps me. That. He helps me. He helps me with everything because he he knows I couldn't I couldn't just do it. So mm-hmm. he, he's, he's good. He'll wake me up. He'll be like, okay, you know, at night you're very tired. Plus you want to scroll YouTube and watch slime videos for an hour. So we can talk at 3 a.m. Because you do need to talk, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of debasing of God to say, hey, I'm going to try to talk to you over a slime video. I know. Like God at some point is like, hey, that's, that's a little much for me. I'll, I'll just hold off on that. <laughs> he knows his worth. That's good. He knows, his, he yep. knows it. <laughs> yeah. First toxic, toxic as a relationship is God has boundaries. He does. Uh, as okay, let me let's talk about being Canadian for a second. Yes, well, I'm actually American, like, ha- but I've been here long enough where I actually am going to get my Canadian citizenship when I when I, pa- I have to take the test. Though, what's the the Canadian national? Yeah, there's test a test or whatever. Like you have to know provinces and capitals. I don't know them yet. I know. I, I have some friends who have taken the test to be Americans, and yeah. I'm like, oh, I know. That's pretty. That's pretty hard. Like, we really count South Dakota as a state? Like, it's not really. But, uh, like, I, I don't know all this. Anyway, so you've got to do that first. And yeah. Then but, okay, your family's from Nigeria. Yeah. They move over here. To You're born in, in the state. What part yeah. of the state? In California, Berkeley. Okay. Berkeley? Okay. Yeah. Okay, and then Canada, how long ago? 10 years. So I've been here 10 years. Oh, okay. Like, that's... I'm like Canadian, kind of. Canadian. I know. Yeah. A. We say A. People a. say A. Yeah. <laughs> How's your French, by the way? 
it's pretty good. I, I mean, I speak French every day. My kids say my accent is terrible. And if I forget a word, I just like make one up, you know, because I feel like that's mm-hmm. what you should do, you know, like be proactive. Yeah. And so what what language did y'all speak in your home growing up? Um, English. My parents did speak Yoruba like to each other, but they didn't teach it to us. So we spoke English. Mm, okay. Yeah. But my kids speak French. No problem. They speak French and English. It's easy oh, for kids. Good for them. It's so easy for yeah. kids. It's nothing for them. My kid, my kids just speak Texan. <laughs> that's the only language that they've got. My parents are in Texas now. Really? What part? Yeah, outside of San Antonio. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm in Austin. They're just down the road. So I know. <laughs> next time you go, to, next time you go see them, uh, we'll tell you where to get some good barbecue. Oh, I know food is your. Food well, is your yeah, barbecue, and I miss Mexican food so much. Yeah. I miss it. Like really, I mean, we have some here, but you have to drive far, and I miss Mexican food. Having it all the time. Yeah, it's <sighs> it's pretty much uh, I think God's love language to humanity. Yes. Like God shows love to us by Mexican food. In quesadillas, so, in quesadillas, and in carne asada. You know, salsa guacamole verde. as well. Yes. Yeah. I I didn't start eating guacamole till about ten years ago, and I've tried to call CPS on my own parents <laughs> and say that they did something wrong to me <laughs> by depriving me of guacamole until uh, I was at this age. But, you need uh, justice. CPS. I know. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying IJM should go to my parents, but uh, like I feel like you know my dad should be culpable for something. No. Okay. Uh, we need justice. Retroactive yeah. justice. I agree. We do. I agree. Okay. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, yes. Before we start the podcast, I asked you if you're an Enneagram person. You said, I don't know my number. I know your number now. Well, I'll tell you when we oh, hang up. Oh, what's my second. number? But uh, I've, I, you can't, like my Enneagram friends, friends friends would be like, you can't tell someone else their number. So I'm not going to say it. Oh, I'm excited. Right How many numbers are there? I'm not, they're nine, but you're only one of them, but you're the best one. Okay. There's nine and you get everyone's, it's the same, same number as you. Oh, I'm excited. Yeah. I want to take a quiz. Is, are the quizzes long, though? Because I have no attention span. You're not... Yeah, this, again, confirming uh, your number. Uh, you're not <laughs> supposed to take the quiz. You're supposed to learn the all nine types, and then that like brings it out of you, because the quizzes are kind of like... Um, it's like Taco Bell to Mexican food. Like You can okay. do it if you want to, but it's going to make yeah. you sick afterwards. It's um, going to make you sick. I, like That might have been a little bit far, but the point is... <laughs> If you want real, the real deal, you can, anyway, we'll talk about it. I do want my um, number. I want it. Okay. Well, I mean, my listeners know that I'm a seven and I just said we're the same number. So you're, I mean, you're an enthusiast, yes. right? Like you, you, you like to write it like a bunch of different things and yes. you're always in the future. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, anyway. And I love the number seven. More. It's one of my favorite numbers. As like any person of like the Judeo-Christian religion should know. Yes. Number, so. <laughs> it is the best number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll wrap up the podcast right now. Um, you're great. Like this, I'm glad Thank we did you. this. So, you are too. congrats on the book. Thank you. Um, I really think the the way that you give people permission to be honest by giving them a window into your own honest engagement with the divine yeah. is inspiring. And uh, all my listeners are going to get a copy, and they're going to be inspired as well. So, uh, thank, thank you, you for the gift that you've given to the world in your poetry. Thank you so much, and thank you, listeners, for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for checking out Newsworthy with Norsworthy. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You are now adjourned.